0: We wear the mask that grins and lies. It hides our cheeks and shades our eyes. This debt we pay to human guile, with torn and bleeding hearts we smile. That's an excerpt from a poem entitled We Wear the Mask by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Reflecting back on this poem from forever ago, I got to thinking about how we as women, particularly women of color, wear so many masks to hide from ourselves while also hiding those parts of us We dare not expose to others for fear of judgment, disappointment, or some other negative energy. So I'm curious, who could you be if you focused on all the good, intelligent, and beautifully unique things about yourself, instead of on the subtle imperfections, perceived shortcomings, and opinions of others about you? If you defiantly let go of their labels and took captive your thoughts to silence your inner critic, Who could you become? And what could you do if only you stop pretending that no matter what happens, everything is always all good? Could you finally speak out loud the conversations you've been having in your head and carrying in your heart so long it's become hardened and so are you, though you can't easily tell with that pretty yet fake smile you often show the world? You know, the smile that allows you to hide the soul-crushing pain disappointment and rejection you sometimes feel if you could finally find the audacity to choose you would you walk away from that toxic friendship relationship or kinship and instead run toward being divinely in alignment with the pursuit of peace if you stop putting on airs for just a moment could you at long last exhale and surrender your mantle as the strong one Doing so isn't a sign of weakness, by the way, but instead of humanness. So what if you, once and for all, confronted the hurts, habits, and hang-ups that created the counterfeit wellness hanging out in the shadows of your life? How differently could you or would you show up in the world after taking off your mask? Welcome to Healing for Your Thoughts the podcast that engages in conversations that help us all begin to take the necessary steps to heal out loud from the challenges and traumas of life rather than continue suffering in silence. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about counterfeit wellness. This is a concept I first um, coined, as they say, back in 2019 after being invited to collaborate on a women's wellness anthology. The chapter I contributed to the book centered on not only counterfeit wellness, but my personal experiences with it and how in a moment of reckoning, I had to acknowledge where I'd been and where I was emotionally so that through an existence of grace and the extension of self-compassion, I could begin the journey to where I wanted and needed to be. But before I was able to dive into actually doing the work, I spent a lot of time considering what I believed a state of counterfeit wellness meant. And to get there, I had to be honest with myself about all the things I was experiencing in terms of the hurts, habits, and hang-ups I'd been carrying around for years, but that I was very skilled at hiding from others. If I were to think about, or rather share what I think about counterfeit wellness... I'd say it's a state of being that wreaks havoc as the silent killer of a person's hopes and dreams, healthy relationships, self-love, compassion, and so much more. And if left unchecked, this condition can cause a host of other challenges leading to emotional and sometimes physical pain. And the most problematic thing about it is that the person who most suffers from the condition often more easily recognizes the symptoms of it in others before they see it in themselves. How do I know, you ask? Because I'm not telling you what I heard, I'm telling you what I lived. But isn't that like human nature, though? We are so quick to point out the flaws in others that we think are obvious, even as we defend our own while also trying to deny that they exist. We tend to stay in this place of dysfunction far longer than is actually required because our denial delays our development and disrupts our healing. In the process, the stories we tell ourselves, if only just to get by, can be wildly distorted, even though there may actually be some truth hidden in there somewhere. And this makes me think of that game. I think it's called something like um, Two Lies and One Truth. It's like the person will tell you a couple of lies paired with a single truth and you have to guess which is which. Flipping that on its head here and making it relevant, it would seem that the person we more frequently end up lying to is ourselves. We ride this emotional, crazy roller coaster that takes us to a place of denying ourselves compassion during times of stress and anxiety or fear, and uncertainty, and even some anger, regret, and disappointment that come along for good measure. We overlook even the smallest of victories and not give ourselves credit, first thinking we've quote-unquote won, only to find instead that we've got more to learn. As women, it is historically far too easy for us to second-guess ourselves, to measure our ability, our preparedness, even our worth through the eyes of others. It's far too easy for us to be hard on ourselves when we drop the ball on one of the countless things we're juggling between our homework and social lives. Things that are endless, or at least they feel that way. And they sometimes guilt us into overcommitting committing to for fear of what will happen if we just said no. Instead, what do we do? We wear ourselves out. And we've likely bumped and bruised ourselves and allowed others to do so as well in the process. What's the consequence though? If I asked you, when was the last time somebody hurt you emotionally or otherwise, what would you say? And have you healed that thing? Did you quote unquote move on or just resolve to move forward? Because trust me when I say they're not the same. Could you reflect back on that time without bitterness in your heart? Better yet, if I asked you about the life challenges you've experienced as a result of unresolved hurt, what would you say? What would you tell me about that process and that place? Never mind. You know what? I'm going to go there. When you think about the hurt you've experienced over time, here's the million dollar question. What wounds have you carried? Are you carrying as a companion in your life right now? What is it going to take for you and that woundedness to break up? Because I'm telling you, not only is that not a good relationship, wounded, woundedness doesn't make a good partner. Seriously, it's time for y'all to break up. And although I understand that can be hard to do, not only is it time, but it's also required for healing. So here's another question to consider. What is the purpose of the mask that you wear? Does it cover up hurt, serve as a dismissal of bad habits, or is it part of the armor worn to justify a hang-up? Hurt is defined as causing physical pain or injury, or to feel or suffer bodily or mental pain, distress, harm, wounding, and discomfort. Puller's surprise-winning author Alice Walker said, and I quote, healing begins where the wound was made. So, what that means for us is that whatever or wherever we've been wounded, in order to heal that thing, we've got to go back to that place and fully, finally work and grow through it. To be clear, um, we don't go back to wallow or get stuck. We go so that we can claim our healing by clearing up ungodly beliefs, having the tough conversations, and doing whatever the individualized work may be required to reconcile and close the womb. I think a great place to start is by acknowledging the life challenges we've experienced as a result of hurt. But once we do that, we have a choice to make. Will we continue to allow those life challenges to be the rule and not the exception? Will we be able to see the lessons in the situation as necessary for our growth? And probably the most significant thing to consider is whether or not we'll be able to forgive ourselves and those who hurt us, even if they never apologize for it. Because honestly, they have likely moved beyond the past while we are living stuck and confused and angry. They're no longer in the past. They're living their lives in full, and we deserve to as well. As I think about habits, um, I can honestly say that when it comes to my own behavioral habit patterns, I used to be a chronic procrastinator, and I would tell myself that it was because I did my best work under pressure. Yep, that was the story. My best work came from chaos, confusion, and unnecessary pressure. And while that might have been true to some degree, another equally relevant truth is that I also procrastinated because I was either unmotivated or ill-prepared for the task at hand. I'm still challenged by procrastination sometimes, honestly, but it's far better than it once was. What I've learned in the process and what I often have shared with my clients is that At any given time, the habits we create are a direct reflection of how we feel and what we think about or believe possible for ourselves. So on top of the million questions it seems like I've already asked, I'll ask this one. What habits have you learned from your pain? Please take the time to write these down. Seeing them in black and white not only makes it real, but also can help you understand the full extent of the impact of your pain. Now I want you to also consider what positive behaviors you could choose and use to replace those negative habits. I'm sure that going through this process won't be easy, but the revelations have value in helping you understand yourself a bit better. And then where hangups are concerned, while they may seem to not be a big deal, they are just as problematic as hurts and bad habits. Because hang-ups are the things that not only cause us to show up in the world with a chip on our shoulder, but they give us like a million excuses for why that's okay to do. These excuses can be real or imagined in our hearts and in our minds, but the impact is the same. Y'all, they are directly connected to the negative stories out of the mouths of others that we accept or that we tell ourselves. Stories that, to a point of exhaustion, try to decide who we are and the depth of our work. The hurts, habits, and hang-ups you feel right now don't have to be the end of the story. Beautiful new chapters are waiting to be written. You can work with a life coach like myself or... Seek the help of a licensed mental health clinician early and as often as necessary to support you through your growth and healing in this work. You get to decide how much it's going to take to get to the the other side of your unresolved difficulties and the pain you face and likely felt. You can be set free from counterfeit wellness to live your life fully as your authentic self. And as you pursue that healing, please remember that it's absolutely okay to live life one courageous thought at a time. Before I go, I'd like to offer a few books on healing that I think are great resources and are also a part of my own personal library. They are Daring Greatly, How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way We Live, Love, Parent, and Lead by Brene Brown. Number two, How We Heal, Uncover Your Power and Set Yourself Free by Alexandra L. And last but certainly not least, You Are the Best Thing by Tarana Burke and Brene Brown. Please understand that these books don't replace the support of a licensed mental health clinician or professional life coach. But again, they are great bonus resources i love to hear how you are going to confront your own counterfeit wellness and pursue healing in your life. You can reach out to me via share at healingforyourthoughts.life to share what you're going to do to get on the path that makes you whole and makes you happy and supports your joy. Until next time, thank you for listening. Remember to live well and with intention. All my best, Charlie.